What up? We are back again today in the studio. Happy to be with you guys today. Uh, a lot of stuff uh, happened yesterday in the Big Ten. I'm happy to be locking in on a beautiful Sunday afternoon. Uh, it is officially fall. All of the leaves have fallen off the trees here uh, where I live, and it is <laughs> oh so sweet uh, to be here uh, and talking with you. As always, this is your host, Tyler with the Big Ten Football Focus Podcast presented by Woos Media. Let's jump into the uh, the what happened uh, this last weekend. A lot of times we were right. Sometimes we were wrong. Sometimes just just a few. There were a couple games that snuck up on us. Uh, but man, what what a great weekend, right? What what just an absolute great weekend uh, of college football. So. To start off, the first game of the day, uh, and then I kind of want to get into maybe uh, what you would say uh, macro. Like I said, we're, we're talking towards the end of the season, we've, we've been able to follow some of these storylines. Now we want to look on the macro level uh, and you know what, what was accomplished and, and stuff like that. So uh, let's jump into it. So to start off, uh, the day was Indiana-Michigan State. Uh, Indiana was actually favored by three and a half points, and we nailed it. Uh, we said it hasn't been since, what, 1999 or 1969 that Indiana had won back-to-back uh, -back games uh, to Michigan State. So not only did we nail that, uh, we also said uh, – you know, they were going to win. They were favored. So we were right on both of those. Felt pretty good about that. Uh, Indiana, again, I feel bad, uh, for the coaching staff and, and everything with that. Uh, but, but realistically, um, you know, Michigan State is just a better football team. I mean, let's just be honest here. Uh, and then the, so there, there's not much I want to jump into on this one. Uh, both teams are not going to be making the, uh, the bowl game or anything like that. So it, it's kind of tough for me to sit here and, and talk about things and be like, Oh, I'm, I'm so excited, right? Uh, about this game because really we just wanted to be right. Um, not only on the outright pick, but also uh, against the spread. So pretty, pretty excited about that. Um, next game up that, uh, Next game up we had was the, let me make sure, check my notes here, Northwestern Purdue. That's right, Northwestern Purdue. Uh, another one that uh, at one point Purdue was actually favored in this game. Uh, this is what happens a lot of times uh, is is we get these big inflated lines because Purdue puts up 49 points against Minnesota. Minnesota's, uh, you know, basically uh, – the algorithm has them or whatever you want to say, uh, the, whatever, however you want to say it, has them uh, better than um, than what, you know, Purdue was. And by doing that, uh, you know, you can kind of see that uh, Purdue uh, got a little bit extra value uh, because of that Minnesota. Well, is Minnesota that good? You know, is, is Minnesota that bad? Is Purdue that good? That's kind of where we were at. Uh, Northwestern kind of took it to them. Uh, very physical, very Northwestern-esque uh, kind of performance. Head coach, uh, I'm, speak I'm blanking on his name, uh, but they did sign the interim coach as the head coach. So I know we talked at the beginning of the season when this kind of came out, you know, what were, and along with uh, Mel Tucker being let go at Michigan State, who were some of the guys that we'd like to see? Obviously, they're not going to be going after anybody. 
I thought uh, Mike Elko for particularly Northwestern would have been uh, the right move. But look, uh, what this coaching staff has been able to do at Northwestern, uh, get them in a position. Again, I did not think that this team was going to be very good. Uh, af- like I said, at the beginning of the year, I had them at four and eight. And that was uh, with Pat Fitzgerald. And then I was like, well, there's no way that, you know, they're going to get to a bowl game right now. They're sitting at six and five. Looking forward to this next week, right? Looking forward to uh, rivalry week against uh, Illinois this upcoming week. So a uh, phenomenal coaching job done there uh, in order to get the win. And ultimately, uh, it was impressive. It was an impressive victory. 23-15 over Purdue. Purdue, uh, there has been glimmers, I think. I think we could say glimmers of, of what we like uh, in Purdue. We can see uh, Ryan Walter, Waters, uh, Walters sorry, uh, building the team the right way. Uh, I just don't think they're, they're ready for it. I think with the departure of Aiden O'Connell and so many seniors on that team, made for a difficult season. Now, what's fun about the uh, this next week is that Purdue is actually taking on Indiana. One will fall to 3-9, and nine, one will move to 4-8. and eight. So just to add a little bit of extra spice to the rivalry um, as last game of the season. And then to kind of, because you're not going to be getting into a bowl game, add uh, a little cherry on top uh, to finish off the season and hopefully carry into this upcoming year. But now those, those games. Uh, next game up, we had... Uh, Michigan taking on Maryland. Uh, Michigan really, I felt like, dominated this game. Uh, maybe people won't agree with me too much, uh, just when you, when you look at the box score and, and some of the things, right? Uh, I, I just felt like, uh, Michigan was kind of playing with their food. I think that's kind of, and I want to say the same thing about Ohio State. It never felt like at any time, yeah, the Michigan game was closer. Uh, Maryland's a better team than Minnesota, but it never felt at any time that the Michigan nor Ohio State game was ever going to go to, to Minnesota or Maryland. Uh, Maryland, yeah, they went on a, they were kind of on a losing streak. They won last week and, and now they're, you know, they're six and five. Really kind of, I would say a disappointing season. Uh, I, I had higher hopes for them. Uh, we talked about it that we've kind of had this uh, on that side of the conference. We've had Ohio State and Michigan at the top and then followed shortly by Penn State. But there's definitely a gap, right? 1A, 1B, and then number two. And then we had that Maryland kind of sitting around that four or three, right? Because Michigan, Ohio, number one. Um, but they've, they've been kind of sitting there. And it was like, could this be the year that they, they, they beat one of the big boys? Um, whether that be a Penn State, whether that be a, uh, a Michigan, whether that be a Ohio. No, it wasn't. And, you know, they're, they're really good at beating Michigan State, right? And, and, and Indiana and beating up on the lower teams of the Big 12 or Big 10. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. That makes a lot of sense. But to be honest with you, uh, kind of an ugly, uh, ugly season. Six and five. Next week, they've got Rutgers. Uh, we talked about it. Rutgers being towards the bottom of that conference or that side of the conference for a while, conference in general. Uh, can they, can they create a little bit of extra magic and, and end up, uh, upsetting Maryland? That would be crazy. It'd be a lot of fun. I'm here for it. Uh, and Rutgers is, is eligible as is Maryland. But nailed those guys, uh, on the prediction. We said, you know, Michigan, uh, is not going to win by 19. So we took Maryland plus 19. Next game up, we had Penn State Rutgers. Uh, similar, it was 19 
The line was 19 when we talked about it. We said Penn State's going to cover this number. Rutgers played tough. I, I really think through when, uh, you know, uh, watching the game through the first, uh, three quarters, they played tough. I mean, it was 13 to six going into the fourth quarter and Penn State scored a couple of, of touchdowns and, and ended up, you know, ends up looking, oh my goodness, Penn State blew them out. That really wasn't the case. Penn State is a good football team. Uh, there's a lot of heat coming in on, on James Franklin and, and his coaching job. And, um, you know, Penn State wants to get to the upper echelon of college football uh they're sitting right outside the top 12 uh, or top 10 at the 12th position and so some people are are upset with that and they want you know penn state to to be vying for national championships and stuff like that as long as ryan day and jim harbaugh are at michigan ohio state i don't think it's going to happen uh but i i think a 10 and 2 year is is nothing to scoff at either uh considering that uh for a few years it was kind of uh you know the the not as good as that. So Penn State takes care of business. Uh, the, the afternoon games, Iowa, Illinois. Uh, I, I have a lot of thoughts on this game. Uh, let's hold this game for the last one, uh, for this. We'll, we'll go through the next two games and then I'll kind of jump into the Iowa, Illinois game. Uh, Ohio State, Minnesota, like I said, kind of felt like Ohio State was playing with their food. They got the win. They're sitting at number two, Michigan at number three in the, uh, playoff standings. Look, it's tough. Uh, we could potentially uh, have technically eight teams that all have a very legitimate argument to be considered the top four teams of college football. Now, I will say it not just because I am a Big Ten, uh, you know, football host, uh, you know, of this podcast and stuff like that. I genuinely believe Ohio State and Michigan are of the top four teams in the country. I think Georgia is the other one. And I, if, if I had to put another team in there, I would probably put Washington or Texas, uh, just because of the Washington schedule and, and who they've had to be, play and, and where they have to play them. Like, I think Washington, uh, deserves that. Now, there's going to be a lot of speculation going forward. The what if scenarios, especially this next week, right? What if Washington loses to Oregon State, but then beats Oregon and, um, you know, with, with Jordan Travis out at Florida State, what do we do with them? Do we leave out an undefeated conference champion? And, and there's going to be a lot of speculation, and we can get into that uh, on the next podcast, but I'm going to state it and state it over and over again. These are the two best teams. Now, could it be to the detriment of uh, Michigan? They played a little bit weaker of a non-conference schedule. Sure, but that hasn't ever precluded Alabama, right? I think Michigan has to be Ohio State. I think Ohio State, if they lose to Michigan, uh, still has a legitimate chance to get into the top four. Uh, and, and realistically, if it, 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 you can't fault them. We heard it over and over again by SEC people. And you can't fault Alabama and LSU for being the two best. We can't fault Alabama and Georgia for being the two best teams in the nation that, that the SEC had two remarkable teams. So honestly, the Big Ten is the best, the best conference right now in the country. Uh, you can maybe make an argument for the Pac-12, but I think it's more so Pac-12, the mirage of the Pac-12. You look at like the University of Utah uh, who is 7-4 and four, and everyone was like, oh, they're so good. Well, were they good because they beat a couple of teams and then it's like the Pac-12 is just eating itself like it always does. Uh, hard to say, right? Hard to say. Uh, Arizona kind of in that similar situation where it's like, well, it looks like you beat this amazing team, but are, are they really that good? As I've said, Michigan, Ohio State, I believe that they deserve to be two and three i think that's what they'll do i think they're going to keep on the other side of that they don't play each other basically again i think georgia's a really good option and then like i said that uh that next uh 
team. Well, I guess they need to they they need to move them. One needs to be the number one or uh or like a two four because the two three play each other. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, typically in my experience, uh, it all kind of sorts itself out. Uh, there's always these crazy scenarios the last couple of weeks of, of college football, and it all kind of sorts itself out uh, in the end. But Ohio State beating Minnesota, taking care of business that they need to. Uh, Wisconsin did beat Nebraska, uh, and they beat them 24-17. to It was in overtime. Uh, tough. Tough uh, game if you're a Husker fan. Uh, somebody had to win that game. It was It was a fun game to watch. I'm glad that I was able to watch it. It was a little rainy at my house, so I was able to stay in and, uh, you know, really lock in on this game. Really, I, I the biggest thing I took away was almost a sense of relief from the Wisconsin uh, sideline. You know, them, uh, their celebration and just the way that they, they responded by beating Nebraska – it meant a lot, and there's so much hope. There's so much outlook for Nebraska. It's just they can't. They continue to just to do the little things. There's a couple of little mistakes that they make, and that that proved to be what separated them. Do I think Nebraska's on the rise? Absolutely. Do I think that they have an opportunity to beat Iowa next week? Absolutely. Uh, this is a team that I'm really excited to watch in not only next week but into 2024. I hope they beat Iowa so we can see them in the postseason for the first time since. I believe it's 2016. Uh, that would be my 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 preferable um, you know option for them. But of course, uh, we got to kind of see where the chips fall where they may. Uh, all right. So the last game I wanted to talk about uh, is the Illinois Iowa game. Now, this was the one game. It was technically a push. We were right, I believe, on the spread. I think we were undefeated outside of this game with this one being a push. I'd have to go back and just make sure and count up my numbers right. But um, I want to tell you guys, and for, for long-time listeners, you guys probably know this uh, about myself and, and kind of about me growing up and stuff like that. So I grew up a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. Um, I am, you know, a, a Bucks fan. They do exist. And I fell in love with that team ever since I was really little. I thought they were awesome. They had the pirate ship. I liked pirates. And along with, uh, I love Mike Allsott, Derek Brooks, uh, John Lynch, Warren Sapp, Brad Johnson, right? And, uh, Keyshawn Johnson, all the, the people of the 2001 Buccaneers, uh, which was Gruden, ended up winning it, but it was really Tony Dungy's team. But realistically, I'm a huge Buccaneers fan. And, once when uh, the the Bucks they were they were good uh, with Gruden for a few years and then they you know they were uh, kind of they missed the playoffs a couple years in a row and then they got Jeff Garcia brought him back and then the Buccaneers went into a very prolonged very sad time for the organization about a decade where they didn't do anything I mean we were just garbage I mean I, I think one time under Winston we went eight and nine we had Josh Freeman um, uh, Gannon I mean we had so many really bad quarterbacks not really good coaches sorry Shiano it, it wasn't it wasn't very good under you um, he's better at records but it was a long time it was a long time. And then, as you guys know, miraculously, Tom Brady decides to come to Tampa Bay. And I I defended Jameis Winston. I, I was a big Jameis Winston fan. And you're going to say, Tyler, what, where are you going with this in, in accordance to the Illinois-Iowa game? St- stick with me. I had, for the majority of my life, watched Tampa Bay and made excuses for Tampa Bay. Um, coaching, quarterback play. There was always something. 
right? There was always something that we could have done better to get more wins or to be a better team. But realistically, it, it there were better options out there as far as coaching, as far as quarterbacks and everything, right? I didn't know that. I was like, no, we got to stick with Winston and all this stuff. Tom Brady decides to go there. And, you know, brings Antonio Brown, brings Rob Gronkowski. We got uh, Bruce Arians, risk it, no biscuit kind of philosophy, right? Uh, and they end up winning the Super Bowl, right? Why I'm bringing this up is because as a Bucks fan, I had basically convinced myself on so many little things. Oh, you know, we, we pride ourselves on defense or we had the best wide receiving core or it doesn't matter if our, if our quarterbacks, you know, a, a C quarterback, as long as our offensive line is an A. No, life is better. Life is better when you are great, when you have the right pieces in place, right? Um, and you don't make excuses for the, the pieces that you have. Now, I don't want to, to attack, uh, I'm typically a, a positive guy, but celebrating a, a 15 to what, 12 or 15 to 13 victory is just not acceptable if you're the Iowa Hawkeyes. You look at this year, um, everyone, I've, I've had a couple of people write in, why do you think Iowa's ranked so low? Look at, look at, what they've done this year. I mean, realistically, I don't, I don't want to be uh, too much of a downer, but there's not really one impressive win on here. They have scored over, they have scored one time in the 40s. That's it. And then let's just see over 20 points. Okay. They did against Utah State. They did against Western Michigan. They did against Michigan State. And then they had scored uh, Rutgers. So four games over. 20, 20 points. Okay. They were blanked against Penn State and they scored 10 points against Minnesota. But look, I know that, you know, it's cool. Iowa's all about, wow, we're tough and we're blue collar and, and we run and we, we, we love the punter. And I have signs that say, I'm here for the punter. No, life is better when it doesn't, it doesn't have to be like this, Iowa. Life is better. Tom Brady was the reason why Tampa was good. Tampa's not nothing without him right now. And we're going to, we could slip into irrelevance. But where it starts is the offensive coordinator. It is embarrassing that you continuously put up in the teens, in the teens. You just count how many times they were in the teens. 15 points against Wisconsin, 10 points against Minnesota. That's garbage. That's not even the teens. That's garbage. Okay. Uh, 10 points against Northwestern, uh, 15 points against Illinois. That, that's embarrassing. You cannot do that. And then zero points against Penn State. You can't do that. And then expect the national media to look at you and be like, oh, that's exactly what I want. I'm sorry. I think Michigan and or, or, or Ohio State, whomever wins the game is going to roll you. If Penn State could put up 31, Michigan and Ohio State could put up 56. It's embarrassing and celebrating a win over a five and five Illinois team like you guys had won the Super Bowl is just plain embarrassing. Look, it's great. It's great that you guys won the game. I understand it was a gritty performance. I understand that Keen McNamara was hurt. I understand those things. But Iowa fans, do not delude yourself into saying that this is somehow good. Putting up 15 points against the Illinois team is not good. Illinois, yes, they've, they've turned it around of late. 
But this is an Illinois team that gave up 44 points to Purdue. This is an Illinois team that uh, lost to Kansas, that lost to, that almost lost to Toledo and FAU, that that allowed uh, you know consistent performances, not good performances, 20 points uh, to Nebraska. No, this is not something that you should be proud of. Now I understand there's rivalry, there's stuff like that. Of course, it's it's something that that's good. I love Iowa. I do, despite growing up in a Michigan household. I love Kirk Ferentz. I love Iowa. Iowa is so much more interesting when you got a competent offensive coordinator and you have an offense that can straight up move the ball. The defense is great. It's great that you guys love the punter. I love the nitty gritty, the hard nose part of it. But putting up 15 points against Illinois is just plain bad. It's bad. I understand that that uh, doom and gloom and fear and negativity gets clicks and stuff like that. That's not what I'm doing here. What I'm doing is as a fan, as a Bucks fan, I deluded myself into thinking a lot of things about my team over the years. Do not dilute yourself into going and getting an offensive coordinator that doesn't have a track record of success. Now, I'm not saying that Iowa needs to go out and be the next Oregon, right, of a few years, Chip Kelly's Oregon or Washington of this year, put up 56, 60, 70 points a game. I'm not saying that, but watching this team, it's, it's, as as a fan, I'm like, dude, I think I'd rather have a root canal than go through this every single week. I know that football's great, but it can be better. It is better. So what I really hope is that Iowa gets a better offensive coordinator. And I understand the guys like, uh, what is it, Ryan Ferentz, Ferentz's son. Um, they said that he's not coming back and stuff like that. Go get someone that has a proven rack, track record of success that can develop Cade McNamara if he decides to come back. I, I don't know how it works with the COVID years and the you know injury uh, waivers and stuff like that. It does get better, okay? Don't dilute yourself into this. Uh, Nebraska this next week should be fun. I would imagine another very low-scoring game. Uh, and then you're going to be playing either Michigan and Ohio State, which you'll lose. And it will be a, a good time to go to the Outback Bowl. For, for Iowa. But like Penn State, a lot of people are giving uh, James Franklin and the Nittany Lions a lot of scrutiny and, and putting them under a lot of pressure. I don't know why Iowa hasn't been put under more pressure. Um, they're kind of just skating by. No, I don't think they even should be 16th in the nation. I think they should be further down. I think that there's a couple of teams out there that are better than them. Uh, now, uh, that, that's just what I'm saying. Uh, I hope that they figure it out, uh, in Iowa City. I love the Hawkeyes. I just hate seeing it like this. It is grueling every single week, uh, watching this and, and if they're capable of more. And I love it when Iowa's good. I love it when they're competent and stuff like that have the competent offensive personnel around them. So that's kind of my thoughts. Um, I know, like I said, I don't like to get negative, but that was what my, my thoughts were on that game. Illinois is going to have next week to see if they can survive and get to six and six. Uh, rivalry week. Here we go. We got Iowa and Nebraska going up next week. Uh, Penn State, Michigan State, Ohio State, Michigan, Indiana, Purdue, Rutgers, Maryland, Illinois, uh, Northwestern, and Minnesota, Wisconsin. We'll be breaking it down. It will be one day early. Um, we're going to try to get it out on Wednesday for you because Thursday is Thanksgiving. I hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving. I am grateful for you guys uh, and the support of this podcast and, of course, our uh, corporate, uh, you know, media uh, at Woos Media. We're very grateful for them and all that they do for us and the support of this uh, podcast. Thank you guys. Again, uh, I hope you guys have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Go get some awesome deals on Black Friday. We'll be talking to you uh, on Tuesday. Uh, 
what it will be for the Wednesday show a day early uh, so we can give us our, our predictions for this final week of the season. Thank you guys so much and have a wonderful week.